Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from the Old Testament lesson and the Epistle lesson, especially these words written by the prophet Amos. Behold, the Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. Thus far, our text. Dear friends in Christ, did you know that for over 3,000 years, up until the 1300s, in fact, the tallest building in the world was the Great Pyramid of Khufu in Egypt. It stood at 481 feet tall and was a model of perfection. Its four sides were perfectly square to within millimeters all 755 feet long. In between each of the stones, there's only one fiftieth of an inch of spare space. You can't even stick a credit card between the different stones. When it was finished, the sides were polished, beautifully white, all at an exact angle going up to the top. It was truly an amazing marvel of ancient engineering, as you've probably heard on all the Discovery Channel programs talking about its construction. What they don't often talk about is the way that the Great Pyramid was perfectly laid out, the way that all of the stones were measured and chiseled perfectly the way that everything was stacked in such a way that it wasn't able to fall over even 4,000 years later was using a plumb line. A plumb line, just like Amos sees God holding in his hands in our Old Testament lesson. I don't know if you know what a plumb line is. A plumb line is basically a small weight on a string tied to a stick. That's right, that's the complex tool that allowed the construction of the Great Pyramid. In fact, plumb lines were used in the construction of all ancient buildings. The Parthenon in Athens, built with a plumb line. The Pantheon in Rome, built with a plumb line. The Temple in Jerusalem, built with a plumb line. Even the giant stones there in the retaining wall that you can still go see today were stacked on top of each other using a plumb line to make sure they were going perfectly vertical. And it is, as I mentioned in our Old Testament lesson today, that the prophet Amos sees the Lord standing in the form of a human being next to a wall that had been stacked up with a plumb line. He's measuring the wall, judging whether or not it is straight and vertical and strong, or whether it's bulging, leaning, ready to fall down and collapse. In other words, was the wall that the Lord is standing next to built on a firm foundation? 
Or was it weak and ready to crumble? And the wall that the Lord is measuring is standing in place of God's people. God is measuring them, the people of Israel, the people under the rule of King Jeroboam, were they built on the firm foundation of Christ? Or did they have another, weaker foundation? Was their kingdom strong in the Lord? Or was it ready to fall, trusting in false gods like Baal and Asherah and the like? God measured the people of Israel in our Old Testament lesson for this morning. They were measured and found wanting. They were measured with the plumb line and found to be crooked and collapsing under their own sin. And it is no wonder, for the kingdom of Israel had turned away from the one true God in many ways. They no longer worshipped God with sin sacrifices in Jerusalem. They had broken away from that kingdom. They no longer trusted in the Lord their God, but instead in all of their land they built high place after high place dedicated to Baal and Asherah, the Philistine gods, the gods of fertility. They practiced fertility rites with temple prostitutes in efforts to get their crops to grow with higher yields. They abandoned the God who had led them out of the land of Egypt. They forsook the kings the Lord had put over them. They reforged everything that God had said according to their own desires, according to their own understanding, according to their own ways. They placed over themselves kings not descended from David, not in the line of Jesus, but instead kings like Jeroboam, the king at the time of the prophet Amos, a king whom the scriptures teach did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Knowing all of these things, it's no surprise that when God came and measured them with the plumb line of his word, that they were found wanting. That they were found soon to fail. And that's what Amos wrote in our Old Testament lesson, isn't it? He said, the high places of Isaac shall be made desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will rise against the house of Jeroboam, the king of Israel, with the sword. In other words, everything was soon going to fall apart because they had rejected God. Everything was soon to collapse because they had abandoned his word and his promise. Everything was soon to be over for the kingdom of Israel because they no longer trusted the promises of the one true God. They'd been found crooked. They'd been found sinful. 
they'd been found weak. Amos, in the very first verses of his book, tells us already what disaster the Lord is going to bring upon the people of Israel. In the year 760, two years after Amos wrote the words of our Old Testament lesson, God sent an earthquake to the kingdom of Israel. An 8.0 earthquake, the largest ever recorded and historically verified. Houses were destroyed, walls fell down and crushed people, cities and towns were leveled, and the people were left rebuilding on nothing. God does judge those who, when measured by his word, are found wanting, crooked, leaning, and sinful. It's easy for us from a distance and from thousands of years away to look back on the people of Israel and say, of course you were sinful. Of course, God sent judgment upon you. But what's more important is for us to examine ourselves, to use the same plumb line of God's word and look into our own hearts and determine who we are according to God's word. Dear Christians, when you are measured by God's word, what do you see? Are you found to be upright and holy at all times in your thoughts, in your words, and in your deeds? Are you perfect as God requires from you in his law? Or have you slipped up a little bit? failed, fallen short? Have you listened to God's word? Do you study it regularly? Or do you insert your own opinions and thoughts, ideas and understandings? Do you let God's word be true for you? Or do you interpret it the way that makes it more palatable for your sinful heart. How are you measured by God's word? After all, the word is clear. Be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. Have you been holy? If you listen to all of God's word, how will you stand up to the test? The truth, the bottom line, the reality for every person in this room, every person in this town, every person in the world is that we are sinful. We've fallen short 
We violated God's word. If we were stacked up based upon our actions and our deeds, we would be a wall that was leaning, maybe already collapsed, falling down and apart. We have sinned by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have sinned by our own fault, our most grievous fault. We have ignored God's word, disregarded it when it was expedient to do so, and changed it to match our own ideas and understandings. We're guilty in God's eyes. And even if we lie to ourselves and deny it, God knows the truth, and He is Lord and Judge. We can't live up to the plumb line of God's measure. And with our foundation already shaky and uncertain, we can't fix the problem further up or further along. We must be completely rebuilt. We don't live up to God's standards. But there is one who does. There is one who was perfect, who lived a life apart from sin, who lived their entire life perfectly according to God's word. From the moment of conception all the way until the moment that they died, they did what God desired actively. They fulfilled God's word Perfectly. This one is Jesus. This one is God in the flesh who dwelt among us. God looked at us and saw all of our shortcomings and failures and decided to fix the issue. He sent his own son into our flesh to be perfect on behalf of all mankind, the people of the world, the people of this town, the people of this church. Christ was perfect. If God were to measure him, he would have no flaw. He would be more perfect than the newly finished pyramids. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross to forgive the sins of all sinners, you and me. He even actively fulfilled the law as he hung naked, bleeding and dying. Father, forgive them, they know what, not what they do. John, take care of my mother so that I might fulfill the fourth commandment. It is finished. Their sins are paid for. Jesus fulfilled God's law perfectly. And when he had died, and when he was laid in the tomb, he rose again to preach that reality to all of us each and every day of our lives, to bring the forgiveness he earned to fix all the things we 
have destroyed. I told you that our foundation had been unsteady, unlevel, crumbling and weak. In the waters of holy baptism, Christ has uprooted us and built us upon a new foundation, himself. He is the rock and foundation upon which our lives now rest. And with his word, we are built up strong into the church, into the reality of all the people who have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. Our epistle lesson says it this way, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a blueprint for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. It's the forgiveness of sins in Jesus that the church is built upon. It's the forgiveness of sins in Jesus that we are able to stand before God. He hews us with his word to make our lives straight and level, building us up layer by layer into the very church of God. Christ is our sure foundation. He is the chief cornerstone upon which all we say and do ought to be founded. He is the merciful one who forgives all of our shortcomings our weaknesses, our failures, and our sin. Dear friends in Christ, if we are measured by our own actions and our sin, we fall short. We fail. We deserve hell and damnation. But in our baptism, in Christ, in his righteousness, which we are clothed in, when God measures us, he sees not our sin. He sees not our failures. He sees his perfect, holy son, crucified and risen for us. In that mercy, in that identity as a Christian, we're now free to love one another, to care for the person down the pew who's sick or suffering or mourning a lost one. In the mercy of Christ, we're free to come here gladly to hear the word, receive the gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. In Christ, we're free to be built up as the church of God. And what a glorious church it is when Christians are clothed in Jesus. More beautiful than any wall or pyramid 
or temple could ever be. More beautiful than church sanctuaries throughout the world. We are the church founded on Christ, clothed in his holiness and his grace. You are measured by God and found to be holy for Christ's sake, found to be beautiful, found to be righteousness, all because of what Jesus has done for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.